Hey, so, so excited for this semester. We started last week a series called Heart for the House. Uh, basically, this whole series is talking about um, the vision of our ministry, Find Your Place. Ever since I've been in college a few semesters ago, uh, that has been the vision. That's, that's what, <laughs> that's really loud laughter. <laughs> oh my goodness. But we're, we're excited about this. Tonight, we're, we're going to be talking about the church uh, and having a heart for the church, uh, specifically tackling the question and answering the question, why do I need the church? Uh, not because of, uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that have happened this last year, but at some point in our lives, you're going to get to a point where either it's because you're busy, because there's other things that have came up, because of a pandemic throws it off, and there's coronavirus everywhere, but... At some point, you're going to ask yourself the question, is it worth it for me? What, why do I need the church? And that's what we're going to dive into tonight. But uh, as I was praying for the semester, and uh, my wife and I, if you haven't met her, Emily's up here on the front. What up, boo? Uh, she's the real reason I'm any good at anything. So she's amazing. She's incredible. Uh, but I was praying, we were praying and believing for this semester. And one thing we believe is that if we do our part, and what is that? Just getting you connected to the local church, putting you in community, putting you like, we're going to like, come over here. (laughs) That's not what we mean, but helping you find your place in the church and helping you thrive in your relationship with God. That is our 100% goal for the three to four years that you are in Conway or maybe more. What's up? You could stay forever. Like four of you. Okay. Some of y'all are excited to get out of here. We'll, we'll hit on that next week. Uh, but there's a couple things that I wrote down just believing for this semester. Are you ready? I believe that this year we will see many people come to know Jesus. I believe that this year you and I will find a deeper relationship with God than we have ever before. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. I believe that unity will be found as we live and follow Christ. I believe that legacies and generations to come will know and love God because of our love for God this semester, the way we press into Him. And I believe that this will be a promised land year for God's people. Whatever you're believing for, whatever you're walking maybe away from, whatever you're avoiding, I believe this year will be the year that the, that the sea parts for you and you get to walk across on dry ground into the promised land that God has been promising you, whatever that looks like. And I don't know what it looks like for every one of you, but I know with 60 or 70 people in the room, like there's a lot of things that you're believing for, but I want you to know that even if that never happens, your relationship with Christ is enough. Every season, every year, every month, if you're seeking Jesus and spending time with him, it is enough to sustain you. I want you to leave knowing that today, but I want to read a verse to you really quick and then we're going to jump into the word. Y'all ready? Come on. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. I don't know how many message translation fans we got in here. Uh, but we're reading from that for this verse. So buckle up. Tell your neighbor, buckle up. Okay. Ephesians 2, 19 says, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, what our past looks like, what we came through, what our family situation was like, the church we grew up in. Irrespective of how we got here, God's using us all in what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ as the, as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. 
We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. We're going to be tackling the topic tonight of why is the church important for me in my walk with God and in my relationship with others along the way. I want to pray for us. God, as we dig into your word, Lord, I, I pray that it's not just my voice and my opinions and the things that I, I think are important, but God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak to each one of us. Lord, that if this was a piece of pie, Lord, that you would give us all our own individual slice for what we need to take away from here. And Lord, speak to us tonight. Lord, I, I pray that this semester would mark us in the rest of our lives because of our intentionality and our love for you alone. Nothing else. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Y'all ready? Well, uh, I believe that when we walk out of here tonight, we're going to be encouraged and we're going to be strengthened in our knowledge of we need the church. And I, I find it ironic that Pat, this is Pastor Amir up here. Raise your hand right here, just like woo-woo. Uh, that's a UCA bear in the flesh right there. Yes, sir. Um, what did you do? Like the scream at the section? That was a very terrible. Yell leader. Yell leader at UCA. He, he got everybody hype. Still gets hype in ministry. Let's go. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. But I find it ironic that my, one of my best friends is overseeing serve at the church. He's creating systems and helping us perfect this and trying to figure out how do we get people connected to the church because it's that important for us as believers to be connected to the local church and serving people in our communities and serving people at our church. And we're, I'm surrounded by people. Logan Camp, one of the interns who works with us, him and Morgan are leading our serve team. You'll find out more about that later. But so much of what we're doing is figuring out how do we help students get involved and know their role, and know their gifts, and figure out and give them a way to serve the church. And I believe that we're going to be strengthened and encouraged tonight through the Word. But I want to ask this question again, why do I need the church? And they're going to put it up here. First, uh, I, I want to kind of get us all on some common ground. How many of you came from different places than the, your neighbor? Like, if your neighbor is from a different place than you, like different city maybe, different state even, like, that should be pretty much almost everybody. Like, uh, I, I didn't grow up anywhere where y'all grew up. Maybe Little Rock for a couple of y'all, but like we can, we can assume that most people in here are from different stages of life. Maybe they have different views of the church, different experiences in the church. Uh, maybe your church had no music, no instruments, and y'all just sang out of a hymnal. How many of y'all were there? Yep. How many of y'all's church uh, rocked out? I mean, drums, no cage, just, d- just deafening, deafening drummer. How many of you came from the electric drummer with the older guy sitting back there just tapping on those electric cymbals? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter. Each of us have our own perception and our own image of what the church looks like based off of either experiences that we've had or, I mean, we, we, there's a good chance that we could have even been hurt by church growing up. Maybe it's something that you got involved in, maybe a leadership role, or, and it didn't go the way you thought it would, and, and then you were hurt by it. Uh, what it I, I want to be in here. Hurt, church hurt. I've heard a lot about it this year. I want you to know that if you've been hurt by the church, I want to do my best at saying I'm sorry. I don't know a single church that I've ever walked into or been a part of that has intentionally set out to say, I hope they come in here because I'm going to hurt them so bad. I want them to leave and never come in here again. That has never been 
any part of any church that I've, I've went into. Has it happened? Yeah, it has. And it, it sucks, honestly. And a lot of you have felt it. A lot of you have walked through it. A lot of you have had to deal with it. Give us another shot. Give the church another shot. Because what I, what I cannot guarantee you is that all the Im, imperfect, broken, sinful people are going to be perfect. I cannot guarantee it. But I promise you, if you give us a chance and are open with people and open to healing from whatever it is, I, I, I use this illustration. It, imagine if you had a splinter in your finger and you just let it sit there. I don't know why you would, but like you had some tweezers, but you were like, I'm, forget those. I don't want to use those. But you let that splinter just set up residence. Didn't pay rent or anything. It's just sitting in your finger. Just for free. Maybe weeks. And it's living there and it gets infected. Like, this is getting really morbid. I'm so sorry. But if you let that splinter sit in your finger, it's going to start hurting really bad. It's going to get to the point where you can't touch anything the slightest bit because of the pain that comes with it. Listen, until we identify, until we look at it and say, okay, I've got I've to resolve this issue or I'm never going to be able to heal. If we get to that point, we can begin to trust, we can begin to grow, we can be, begin to dive into the things of the church again. And that's what the heart of the church is. That's what, we're going to look at Jesus' original design. That's what he wanted the church to be. Jesus said, this is my, my first plan. I created it for you, but I also created it so that you would be an instrument in building my kingdom here on earth. No part of that is, hey, I want people to, to be turned away from me. So I'm just asking if you've been hurt. I know it's real and I know it hurts. Please give us a second chance. If you've hurt somebody knowingly, please be the first to reach out. If you've been hurt by somebody, please have a conversation. They may not even know. Assume the best. And let's work in unity together. I, I wrote down this quote. I made it up or somebody else did. I don't even remember who. But it says, in order for the church to be in unity, we have to be in full humility. Until we reach humility, until each of us is humble, knowing that we are imperfect, knowing that we don't have it together, we will never reach unity. And that's the picture of the church, full of love and compassion. But we cannot do that until we're full of humility. We can't do it. I want to read one stat, and then we'll get into a couple. Of, what I don't want tonight to be is all of my opinion. I prayed that earlier. I'm going to dig into as much scripture tonight as we can to give you uh, the words perspective and the view on the church. So one stat, it says, while one in four Americans are done with the church... So, moved on. Half of all Americans are done with God. Half of all Americans are done with God. 50%, the stat is actually 48% of people, are done with the Lord altogether. There's a trend here if you look at it. If we disengage from the church, if we unplug ourselves from the local body of believers, we will eventually fall away from the things of God altogether. We cannot get to that place because God's put specific things inside of each one of you, gifts, talents, passions, desires, the things that you're craving to do. Some of you are going to be doctors. How many of you are doctors in here? Maybe none? Okay, that was a bad guess. Uh, uh, PT students? Yeah, a couple. 
whatever, whatever it is that the Lord has put on your heart, maybe you want to be a teacher, whatever it is that you want to do, God has specifically gifted you to do those things, to bring Him glory, to edify people around you, to build others up, and even use you within the walls of the church. I want to read a couple of truths to you. One truth, the church is Jesus' design, not man. That's a really hard couple of words. The church is Jesus' design, not man's. In Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just before this verse, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Hey, who do you say that I am? Like, I don't, I don't care about your friends. I don't care about the other people. Who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the one, you are the one true God. You are the Messiah. You are the one that nobody else can come to the Father except through you. That's who you are. He said, and I also say to you, your name is Peter, which means rock. And upon this confession, upon what you just said, I will build my church. The confession that Jesus is the one true Messiah, that Jesus is the only way that we can have salvation. And he says, Peter, upon that, I'm going to rally a bunch of believers and we're going to build this thing here on earth to point people to me. So the first thing is, yes, I designed it, but I designed it for you, for the body of believers. That's the second truth. The second truth is Jesus designed it for us. Dwight L. Moody, uh, he's, he started the Moody Institute, Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. He said this quote, church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. How important is our church attendance? It is so important to us. Like we have to have, I'm not saying you have to go three out of four weekends or it's like you get a demerit or whatever. I don't even know what you would receive. Like slap on the wrist or like Amir, Amir yells at you or like you get, what, you remember the cards in elementary school that were like, he read, I just did like a soccer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we do cards like that. But our church attendance is so important to us because of what it gives us. And so I want to I show you a video. This is Tripoli. How many rap fans in the house? Five? What are y'all, country music fans in here? What do we got to do? Okay. How many of y'all rap fans in the house? Okay, six. Okay, country music fans. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So Tripoli, he's a Christian rapper. He had... Man, in my study this week, I watched a video from him, and it was only three minutes. I'm going to show you a bit of it. But he had such a great perspective, and he said so much in so few words that I wanted to show you. Just check this out. When I first began to follow Jesus, um, there were things that I began to understand well, you know, things I got really interested in, God's grace, um, how big God was. I was reading books that showed me how big he was. I was real interested in God's attributes. Um, one of the things that took me a long time to fully understand was how central the church was to what God was doing. And so I talk to guys all the time who really say, hey, I really love Jesus. Uh, and I, I'll attend church because I like to hear good sermons, but their commitment to the local church isn't there that much. And you see that a lot even with college students. You know, college is kind of that age where you just kind of float around in nothingness, almost like you're not a real person yet. You're trying to figure out what being a real person is, and you're gonna like train for, almost like, hey, I'm not a doctor yet, I'm in medical school. Almost like, hey, you know, I'm just, this is kind of my training stage, and I'll really get into it once I kind of move on to that next adult stage. And I wanna say, 
There is no good, healthy, regular pattern of the Christian life if you are not joined with a local church, if you're not in covenant with other Christians. Not just I have some Christian friends who we talk to sometimes. I'm talking about the way that God set it out, that there are leaders that you submit to. There are other Christians you covenant to, to pray for and care for. There's actually something that other Christians can do to help you if you fall into unrepentant sin. All the beautiful mercies God has given us to gather together, sing together, sit under preaching together. That is huge uh, in the life of a Christian. Yeah, I love, one, he just said, y'all are all nothingness. I disagree with that. <laughs> but I, I, I do agree with the, with the heart that he came in with of, man, we as believers have to be involved in the local church. And so I want to look at three things that, three statements that I would answer with, why do I need the church? And this is personal in my walk with God, and then I'm going to back it up with scripture. These, these are scripture in the word, and I'm just going to let you know why the church has been so integral into my story, and I'm going to share a little bit of that at the end. But uh, point number one, I need, I need the church because I need to grow in faith and maturity. I love that Pastor Marcus said this morning, he said, a lot of us have uphill dreams and downhill habits. Like we're, we're wanting to go all into the, to the things of God. We want the relationship with God that we know that we can have, but a lot of our habits and the things that we're willing to do are taking us either straight forward on a flat path or we're actually running downhill away from the things that we feel like are attainable to us if we would just jump all in or, or commit ourselves to the disciplines or the things that we could do on a daily basis. But I need growth and faith maturity. Uh, it's not a, one, it's not a, a one, one quick way flight. Like Maturity is a process. God wants to take you on a process with Him in your relationship. I feel like... Uh, if I would have, man, when I first started seeking the Lord, I was, I knew none of the Bible, like zero percent. If you could get worse than zero, that's where I was. I had, I mean, I'm not hating on anybody that's got it in here, but y'all remember the tabs on the Bible? I would not even be able to get that right. Like, I'm telling you, the, I would need color tab. I, I couldn't find anywhere. It's Obadiah. Is that even in there? Like, I'm like, the songs, Christian, real young Christians come out singing the Bible book songs all the way to the end. I'm like, that's stupid. Like, trying to show me up. Like, I was just at a point where I knew nothing. And until I committed daily, until I committed to joining in a life group and getting plugged into the church, now I'm where I wanted to be 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. It's the daily disciplines that we look at and say, I want to be where, how many of y'all listen to Pastor Marcus this weekend? Like as a communicator, I love the way that he speaks. I'm like, if I can only be where he's at. He's got 20 years on me. Am I willing to do what he's been doing to get there? If you want to mature, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to strengthen your faith, plug into the local church. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Now, their responsibility is to equip God's people, that's us, to do His work and build up the what? It's mediocre. Uh, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and our knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And then it goes through and talks about what immaturity looks like and what maturity looks like. And then it says, hey, when we get to this point, when we grow in maturity, we will be healthy and whole as a body. Man, 
the body of Christ offers us growth in our faith. Spiritually, it offers us growth. Uh, confidence like Jania to get up here and pastor people uh, when she had none of it planned. Like that's out of the fruit of her daily walk with the Lord. That's not just like some magic magic sauce that she, she drank or took on the way up here. That's, sorry about that. But it's like, that's not just, a, that's her daily devotion to the Lord overflowing from her. That's what the local church offers us. Life group, girls holding her accountable. Hey, how are you doing over break? It's been tough. Hey, get into the Word. It's going to be good. I'm a, they're going to push her to get better. You need people to push you to get better. Uh, are you looking to learn and grow in faith and maturity? Then I would challenge you to jump into a life group. Jump into the church. We need the local church more than ever right now. Point number two, I need to gather with other believers. I need people. Tell your neighbor, I need people in my life. Look to your second favorite. Say, I need people in my life. <laughs> Sorry, second favorite. Listen, when, I got, when Emily and I got married, 2017, what up? Coming up on four years. When I got married to Emily, we entered into a covenant relationship, which means we're married forever. Like, there's no like, uh, can we rethink it? Like, no, like we're married. It's good. We are one. It doesn't matter if we don't see eye to eye. It doesn't matter if she's mad at me for really anything. Uh, whatever it may be, we're married because now the same happens in our relationship with God. We've been adopted into a family. We've been adopted as sons and daughters of the king. So we are now a part of, if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, we are now brothers and sisters in Christ. It'd be like if you had a brother or sister and you were like, I'm not going to Christmas. I don't like him. I don't like him. He didn't text me back in August. I don't know what you did. But like deciding that you're not going to go, but you're still brother and sister. Like the things, God has set this up in a way that we, one, we desire people. We desire relationship in our life. But he set it up into a way that when we make that decision, we are now adopted into a relationship with other believers. When you think about it from that perspective, to be a part of something so grand and so big, like God knew what he was doing when he set it up this way. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body. Each one of you is a part of it. Not just the ones that can sing good, not just the ones that are good administrative people, not just the ones that that are consistent in their church attendance. Like every single one of us is a part of the body of Christ, an important body, an important piece of the body of Christ. Romans 1.12, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. This is Paul. But he said, I also want to be encouraged by yours. Look, we need people to be encouraged and strengthened in our faith. Lastly, Jude 120, but you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. One of the groups of people that get this right are YouTube creators, you, famous YouTubers. How many of y'all know uh, YouTube? Yeah, it's an app. You can search any. Yeah. I looked up the first YouTube video ever the other day. It's, what was it? Me at the zoo? 12, 12 second video, 35 million views, promise you, promise you, making money on that mug. All right, back to it, back to it. Listen, YouTube creators understand this concept 
that they need people in their life. Because one of the first searches that you come into, if you Google YouTube, the next, one of the top searches, the next word is collab. They understand that, hey, if I want to be successful, I'm going to need other people that help me, that show me the way. That I'm going to bring this other successful YouTuber into my channel and we're going we're gonna to collab together and we're going to get better in this thing. Like They understand and people are, people are going off on you. They're making dollars, like tens maybe. Like people are, people are thriving out there on the internet. How many of y'all want to be YouTube famous, like YouTube stars? That's not, go create. Come on, y'all don't be ashamed of that. Like, you're also going to need another job probably, just so you know. All right, hope you're encouraged. <laughs> okay, point number three. Point number three, last point. I need to serve with my God-given gifts. I need the church because I need to serve with my God-given gifts. Imagine if you were given, Zach, what's your dream car? Tesla Roadster. Imagine if you had it and didn't drive it. Did not drive it. Never put the key in the ignition. Never got in the car. This is what it's like when we're given a gift from God, but we never use it to serve other people. You are robbing yourself of the joy and the satisfaction and the fulfillment and the compassion that comes over you when you get in the game and start serving people. This changed my life, y'all. I came to college in 2007. I was a part of a church and I would, I literally would stay up until two in the morning with my friends at my old church and push this huge vacuum around. I mean, huge. (laughs) It was so heavy. And I don't even, I don't even know why I was with my friends. That was probably the only reason. If I wouldn't have my friends around me, I never would have done it. But what did that teach me coming to college? I want to get involved in a church. And so I came to Elevation. I started greeting on the doors. It was at the, old, at the main Conway campus. And I sat at the doors. And I just said hey to people. Man, and it was, I felt so purposed. Why? I was created to do it. I wasn't created just to, to show up and receive. Although there are seasons when that is necessary. I'm not downplaying coming in and receiving and worshiping and being a part of a ministry, a lot of you serve in other areas of our church and possibly other churches even. But I'm telling you, if you don't get in the game, if you don't start using the gifts that God's given you, you're never going to fully experience all that God has for you. I think back, me and Amir were talking on the phone earlier, I think back to when uh, I started serving in Elevation. I jumped on a video team. How many on Tyler Tarver? This is, when, this is when he was a math teacher at, at BB uh, Public Schools. He was making all these, he wouldn't, he wouldn't hate me for saying this, all these stupid YouTube videos, and I was the one behind the camera. I would be helping him shoot it just because I liked being around him, and I loved and I was infatuated with the filming process, the editing process, what this looked like. And so I started serving with our college ministry in the production area back in the back. I started running sound and lighting and all this stuff. And then I got into editing video and editing the clip that would go up on our podcast. And I, I just started with the small things that were presented to me. And that led to, okay, can you help lead our, our creative for our student ministries at New Life Church? 
at the time, this was one of the fastest growing churches in America. Like, according to some magazine. I don't know who, what it was. <laughs> I don't even know if it's trustworthy. <laughs> the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, probably. <laughs> I don't even know. But who am I as a 22-year-old kid leading all of our student ministries creative? I'm not even creative. And then I jump into, a few years later, we start what's called Collide Conference. And I start leading all of our creative for that. I start building a team and we start editing videos and coming up with concepts and we crash and fail and then we get things right. And one simple step could lead to what God calls you to for years and years and years. And now I'm not sure that if I wouldn't have started serving at the doors, if I wouldn't have picked up a camera and started serving, if I wouldn't have been teachable and humble and gotten into the game with creative that I would even be up here. I don't know that I would, but it was the simple, obedient step of, God, I know that I can play a part in this, what you're doing, and I want to do it. I'm going to make the time, I'm going to find the time, because there's no other time in your life where you'll have more availability to figure out what it is that you're passionate about. And that's our heart that you would come in, worship your face off, hear the word, learn the word, grow in your knowledge of the Lord, grow in memorizing scripture, find your community, and then find where to serve. Because let me tell you, the church is only as strong as the people who are serving in it. And I believe until we all get in the game, the church can't be what it's supposed to be. It's not. The church is the hope of the world. I guarantee it. I I know it is. I'm confident in it. But not until we're all a part of what's going on. So why do I need the church? I need it to grow. I need it to to go further in my walk with God. I need people around me because I know I can't do it on my own. And I, I need it to reach other people, to bring them in, to be a part of what God's doing. And this is God's plan. I want to read that verse in Ephesians 2 again at the very end. It says, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. He's using us all in what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, but listen to this. Now he's using you. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ as the cornerstone. No one else gets the attention. No one else takes the pressure. No one else feels the burden of building this church but Christ. We just have to be faithful. We just get to be put in brick by brick. It holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. And I don't know what your next step is. Maybe it's just joining a life group. Maybe it's bringing people with you. But God's wanting you to love His church so much. Maybe this is you that the church becomes your mission, plugging people into the life-giving, hope-giving power of the local church and getting them involved. There's nothing quite like seeing someone come to know the Lord and seeing somebody flourish in their gifts as they begin to serve God. Amir can attest to it. I can attest to it. The amount of young people that we see thriving in ministry and seeing people, their friends, come to Jesus and come to serve Him, 
That's what we do it for. Not so that we can be up here. Y'all could pick somebody better than me, I promise. (laughs) But y'all do it for your friends to come in and experience the presence of God. That's what we want. So bow your heads. I'm going to pray. Lord.